NPR. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Patty Hirsch. And I'm Waylon Wong. We got some good news on inflation today. It continues to fall. The Consumer Price Index showed that in the 12 months through June, inflation has increased 3%. That's down from 4% last month. 3%? Not bad. Better than 8.7% in the UK for sure, and 6.1% in the Eurozone, but not as good as China, which registered a headline CPI of zero this week. Zero! Uh, Yes, prices there are generally falling, unlike here. For example, vehicle prices, which rose 4% year-on-year in the US, are down 4.3% in China. Meat prices, here they're still rising, up 0.6%. But in China, pork, which is the most popular meat, is down 7.2%. And this is not necessarily a good thing for China. Prices are falling so far and fast there right now that some observers are worrying that China could slip into deflation. That's the vicious cycle of plunging prices for goods and services that can paralyze an economy and even push it into a contraction. And that is scary because in our interconnected world, if a massive economy like China goes into a contraction, we will almost certainly feel the effects here. So on today's show, we're going to find out why the cost of goods and services is falling in China, whether deflation is on the cards there, and what the government might do to stop that from happening. That's coming up after the break. This message comes from NPR sponsor E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, their tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Now when you open an account, you can get up to $1,000 with a qualifying deposit. Terms apply. Learn more at etrade.com slash NPR. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC. Member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley. Support for NPR and the following message come from State Farm. As a State Farm agent and agency owner, Lakeisha Gaines understands the support small businesses need. Every day we get the privilege of helping people to recover from the unexpected, realize their dreams. For small business owners, we help them to think about all the things that are necessary so that they can continue to run their businesses successfully without interruption. Talk to your local agent about small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Inflation is when prices go up. We've obviously been hearing a lot about that over the last year or so, of course. And as we've reported in the past, a little inflation is actually a good thing. It means that people are being paid more for their work and the value of what we produce and provide is increasing over time. Inflation is a reflection of a growing economy, which is why central banks like the Federal Reserve aim for a Goldilocks inflation rate of about 2%. It means the economy is running not too hot the way it is right now and not too cold. They want it just right. Deflation, on the other hand, is something that central bank economists, in fact, pretty much all economists, really do not like to see. Because while runaway inflation is bad for an economy and causes all sorts of pain, deflation is arguably a whole lot worse. I mean, it can feel pretty good initially when prices come down, and that's all fine when it's a case of there being too much supply and not enough demand. But if the prices of goods keep falling because people don't want to buy them, You got a problem. You cannot sell them. You can only sell them through lower prices. Baizu Chen is a professor of economics at USC's Marshall School of Business. He says when prices fall to the point where companies are finding it hard to make money, all sorts of problems follow. 
companies will have to respond by laying off people, and the companies will have to order less components and parts, which have effects uh, transmitted through the economy and, and may have social issues and have a political issue, and all this kind of issue may arise. And this is why a lot of people are feeling a little anxious reading the CPI numbers that came out of China this week. China is the second largest economy in the world. If it goes into a contraction, we're all going to feel the pain. But Bruce Pang, chief economist at the global real estate services company JLL, wants to reassure us, all of us, about one thing. China is not in a stage of deflation. Oh, well, that's a relief. Because by definition, a deflation only happens when the inflation numbers see negative year-on-year growth for three consecutive months, at least, together with other contractions in credit conditions and macro recession. It's not what's happening in China. In other words, it's kind of like talking about a recession. You need a certain amount of data before you can make that determination. And we're some ways away from that right now. But deflation or no, prices are falling in China. So what's going on? Well, for one thing, Bruce says, China experienced the same run-up in prices as we saw here, in energy costs and other commodities especially. We worked hard to reconfigure our supply chains and bring costs down. China did the same thing. It's a much more controlled economy than the U.S., though, with Chinese regulators often moving to fix food and energy prices. That intervention may have pushed prices down a little too far. But Bruce says he expects the government to keep tweaking things so that prices rebalance over the rest of this year. Another big factor driving prices down in China is also tied to the government's control of the economy, overcapacity. Baizu Chen from USC just got back from China, and he says China's simply producing too much stuff in certain sectors, particularly vehicles and property. And, uh, you know, there are several reasons and uh, several causes of this. One has to do with the industry policies implemented by the Chinese government in the past. There is a huge amount of subsidies, which encourage a lot of investment. That stimulus worked, but now there are too many products for sale in China and not enough demand, and prices are falling. A similar thing is happening with food. We mentioned pork prices fell more than 7% in China year over year, and this is a big deal. Pork is de-bloating the Chinese eats. China consumes more than 50% of the pork production in the entire world. Hold on a second, 50%? I mean... I never would have guessed it's that high. That's so much pork. So much pork. I'm a big fan, though. I'm like Anthony Bourdain. I'm a big fan of the pork product. So much pork is sold in China that even small movements in price can have an impact on the country's inflation data. So this month's drop is one big thing pushing China's headline CPI down. And there are a couple of things weighing on pork prices right now. The first is a glut in the market. Producers slaughtered a lot of pigs ahead of the Lunar New Year holiday in January, and that glut is still stifling prices. The second factor appears to be more long-term and has more serious implications for the wider Chinese economy. Consumers there aren't spending, not on pork, not on all sorts of goods, Baizu Chen says. Consumers just came out of three years of very strict COVID restrictions. And a lot of consumers don't have confidence about the economy in the future. And so they are not spending. They are holding their wallets very tight. And so the spending from consumers is, is lacking. One of the biggest drivers of China's rapid growth in the 2010s was consumer spending. The COVID lockdowns appear to have tamped that down in a big way, and it's not recovering as quickly as economists had hoped. Yeah, and it doesn't help that youth unemployment is particularly high in China right now. 
All of this means that the Chinese people aren't feeling particularly flush, and China is not seeing the kind of post-COVID revenge spending bounce back that we saw here in the U.S. There is a lot of uncertainty about the future, so not so sure that they uh, can get a better job in the future, um, whether the job will be there for them, whether their income growth will be as high as the, the previous decades. Another big difference between the U.S. and China that goes some way to explaining why China isn't dealing with high inflation the way we are here. China didn't flood its economy with money during COVID. Over here, all of that stimulus cash has definitely had an inflationary effect. But because Chinese consumers and private businesses didn't get that kind of cash infusion, they've had to struggle through the economic fallout from COVID. And they're now feeling a tad gloomy about the future. Bruce Peng at JLL says the government's priority is to turn that around. First of all, they have to stabilize the job market. And second, they have to provide stronger policy support, or at least to provide more clear guidelines to show up the business confidence as well as household expectations to that they can try to spend more in terms of household expenditures. That's the key for a sustainable recovery of China. You know, well, and it's good to know that consumer and business sentiment is important, even in an economy that's dominated by state-owned enterprises. Inflation has been a huge story here in the U.S., which is why we've been religiously reporting on the Consumer Price Index every month. But we've decided not to do that anymore. Yeah, and this isn't because the inflation story is going away, right? Inflation is going to be with us for a while. But from now, we're going to start reporting on it where we find it, rather than where the Bureau of Labor Statistics tells us to find it. Yeah, they can't push us around anymore. (laughs) Those BLS bums. (laughs) But if you have burning questions about inflation or you spot a really interesting story you think we should check out, just let us know. Indicator at NPR.org. This episode was produced by Corey Bridges with engineering by Catherine Silva. It was fact-checked by Sarah Juarez. Viet Laser senior producer, Kate Kinkennan edits the show, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com switch. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little breaks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.